Welcome to the 205 Vibe. I am your host, Earl Dotson Jr. And um, I'm, again, um, I'm very, very pleased and honored uh, when I'm always can get um, just not only good people, but people who have um, uh, who have a, a, an important role to play. And uh, today's guest is someone I would definitely consider a friend uh, and someone that I certainly admire and look up to. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 205 Vibe, Mr. Wally Haas. How are you, sir? Uh, thank you, Earl. That was that was all too kind of you right there. Uh, you know, I'm happy to be here, and uh, go ahead and go, you know, ask whatever you want. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for being here. And I say that, Wally, you know, again, um, you've demonstrated um, just your, your character, and, uh, and so that's what I mean when I say that, right? You're saying I'm a character, huh? No. <laughs> so, obviously... Just, just the first thing I always like to start with, um, you know, oftentimes people, you know, they think they know us, they think they know who we are, and we reveal what we want to reveal about ourselves sometimes. But if you would please just share something about, you know, what's important to you, um, how you got here to where you are, um, how, how do you, you know, what you, what, what the things that you care about. Um, you know, who, you know, tell us a little bit about just who is Wally Haas? Oh, it's actually a good question. I never really thought about it in those terms. But, you know, Earl, um, I really care about the community. And that drives a lot of what I do, a lot of what I write. Uh, you know, I try to point out the, the good things when good things happen. And lately, there have been a lot of good things happening. And, you know, when some bad things happen, you know, we've got to point that out as well. You know, and, and I've told you this as well. I'll be the first guy to pat you on the back, and I'll also be the first guy to kick you in the butt when you screw up. So, and that maintain, and I say that to a lot of different people. You know, we've got a lot of good things going on here in this community. Uh, we don't always recognize them, but I think we're moving forward, and this is a great place, great place to live. I, if, I, if it weren't, I wouldn't be here. I've been here for almost 40 years now. It's been wonderful to me and my family. Uh, you know, I like to joke that I sacrificed my only begotten son to the register star. You know, <laughs> my son Kevin is the uh, the news editor, local editor, whatever the hell his title is. But uh, you know, he works at the the newspaper. Uh, you know, even though we work in the same office building, we don't see that much of each other actually because we're both busy doing our separate things. He with news and me with opinion. But uh, you know, helping the community move forward is one of the things I like to do. And I'm involved in you know, committees and task forces outside of the Register Star uh, purview. Uh, for example, I'm vice chairman of uh, Rockford Bell Credit Union, and we can talk about that adventure a little bit later as well. Sure. Um, so you, what, what, is, what is your exact title at the Register Star? Uh, opinion editor. So you're the opinion editor, and you've been, how long have you been doing that now, would you say? Since just before September 11th of t- 2001. Okay. The September 11th. On the September 11th. Yes. Okay. Um, so, so for those of you who don't know, necessarily know what an opinion editor does, I mean, how would you describe your role? Like, what, what, I mean, what does a typical day look like for you? How do you go about um, kind of finding those good stories, those important stories that the public should know about? You know, what, what is that? You know, tell, tell, walk us through what that process looks well, like. The, the process is different every day. The uh, Once a week, we have editorial board meetings, and uh, for lack of a better term, I'm chairman of the board. 
And in, the, in these meetings, we talk about issues that affect the community and what the newspaper's position will be on those issues. And normally, we don't always, always have full agreement, but we reach consensus, and an opinion that people are comfortable with. And so you know, a lot of what I wind up writing comes out of that meeting. And then there are issues that come up that really don't require the input of other board members. You know, uh, this morning I gave a pat on the back to the uh, band grandpas mm -hmm. for appearing on NBC Nightly mm -hmm. News. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things like that I can just go ahead and, you know, and go ahead and do without having the board input. But for serious issues, I need to talk to have the board kind of direct me a little bit, if you will. Or if it's something that has to be done on an urgent basis, then the uh, managing editor, uh, Mark Baldwin, and I will get together and hash things out and maybe some, send some texts or emails to the rest of the group and see what they're comfortable with and then kind of go from there. Um, so I, I am definitely a consumer of um, the news and, you know, various platforms of, of the media. Um, you know, media, we say that we use that term is thrown around a lot. The media. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's this huge umbrella uh, that a lot of things fall under. We talk about the media. Oh, it what, gets huger all the time. You know, back in the day, media was newspaper, radio, television. Now it's blog posts and podcasts like this and all kinds of different ways that information is disseminated uh, to, the, you know, Facebook and you know, people consume these and consume news in a lot of different ways today than they did when I started in the business. So, and so that's I wanted to ask you about that. You know, in your view, you know, you've been doing. I certainly, you've been doing this. Um, I'm, I'm curious to what you think about. You know, help us understand the media per se or the print media a little bit in terms of what do you think the role? Uh, you talked a little bit about it, but what do you think the role of the media is? I, I think the First Amendment is so critical, and you know, free speech and uh, the role the media plays in, in informing uh, the general public. Um, you know, you, we, you talked about the different forms and sometimes it's under attack when people think that you're not reporting things accurately. Um, you know, help us understand how do, you know, how do we decide what should we be reading? What's, what's, what's legitimate information and what isn't? Well, your newspapers take a shotgun approach to the news. We report on a lot of different things. Um, we, you know, lately we've been focusing a little bit more internally on Rockford and in government and how it affects people, um, because we don't have the resources we used to. But newspapers cover a variety of different topics for a variety of different individuals. You know, we're not like a specialty magazine, like a bicycling magazine, which is all about bicycles. We have a lot of information all across the all across the, the globe, actually, with our wire services and that. But you know, our our mission is to inform, educate, and entertain. You know, we try to you know things that people are interested in, you know, what their government is doing, how their taxes are being spent, and, you know, and let people know how things work and how they don't at times. And then every once in a while, you know, we do try to entertain a little bit with, uh, you know, you can say, you know, sometimes we do do some tongue-in-cheek editorials. I can't think of any I've done well for quite a while, but uh, that's, a, that's a different story. But, you know, we, we try to do all those things, um, you know, 
sometimes we do it very well and sometimes we don't and that's with any profession you're not always going to hit a home run and sometimes those singles are you got to be happy with sure sure um you, you know one of the things uh i think that's just uh i just that that i, that I admire admire about you. I know you don't give your cell phone number out to a lot of people. I'm one of the very um, grateful, lucky people who you've shared your, your cell phone number with. But one of the things about your work ethic is that when I call your work phone, I always tease you that you always, you answer, if you're there, you will answer your phone. Uh, and, I, and I just, I, I love that about uh, the way you approach your work. But I, I want to ask you just on that note, I know you receive phone calls from the public when you talk about, when you're just talking about, you know, some of the stories you do and, you know, what's interesting or not. But when you do receive those phone calls from people about, hey, I got something juicy or someone feel that there's some injustice or some corruption going on, um, do you, how do you guys decide to investigate those? Well, it's an individual thing. Um, for most of the calls I get um, are requests for coverage. Yeah, and in addition to the Rockford Register Star, I'm also responsible for the Journal Standard of Freeport. So I get a lot of calls from Freeport area readers asking that this event be covered or this, you know, or something that they would like to see okay. written up in the newspaper. And Basically, it comes down to uh, resources, staffing. Mm. Uh, who can I send out there between the staffers I have and the freelancers that I can employ from time to time? I try to cover as much as, as possible, as much as you know, as far as we can stretch things. That I try to stretch them, and yeah, you know, there are some events that you know everything is worth some kind of coverage, mm. but you have to set priorities. I I, I don't have, you know. At one point, we had more than 90 people in our newsroom, and today we've got uh, 20-something. So hmm. it's you can tell that we can't do as much as we used to in the past, but we try to do the best with what we have, and that means you know being you know, setting those priorities, being extra vigilant, and trying to cover the things the community cares about. You know, the, the, just let's go a little bit deeper into that. Um, you know, just you talked about you know the, the numbers you used to have compared you know what you, what you have now. Um, you know, obviously the paper's going through changes through the years, whether it's through ownership and leadership. Um, I, I know that people still obviously read the newspaper, uh, probably not as many, but people certainly still read the newspaper. Um, you you talked a little bit about uh, you know just kind of the new way people receive media, but how has the industry changed to try to uh, adjust to the new kind of digital format um you know how, how, how is the industry you think how, how are they reacting to changing along with the, the way people receive information well i think the industry made a mistake at the beginning when we gave everything away free you know we did not uh you know it was we didn't really value the information that we were providing people and so you could go on any website any newspaper and read whatever you want and then now we've kind of scaled that back. You know, you get so many free articles today. We have digital subscriptions that, you know, of course, were not even existent uh, when I started in the business. And even though our print readership is not what it once what it once was, our overall readership is fairly strong because of our website, because of our Facebook blasts, and you know, some of the, some of the tweets to direct people to coverage. We still have a lot of people reading. 
It's just uh, they're just not reading the print product as much as they used to in the past. How do you how do you balance um, you advocacy for our community? Um, you know, you you just you you mentioned the earlier about some of the positive things uh, that you wrote about, and obviously you think that part that's important, right? That's an important role for the paper um, to write those types of stories. Uh, but at the same time, you also uh, have to be very fair and uh, very honest about um, other things that may not sound so pleasant. You, you, you touched on that a little bit, but how do you balance that, the two, for being an advocate for your community and at the same time um, being a professional um, to your to your craft? Well, advocating for your community doesn't mean you put on rose-colored glasses and always say things are great. You know, advocating for your community means pointing out things that are not going well and offering suggestions on how they can be better. And that's what we try to do. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, they're with county government at this point. There's a, a little bit of a, well, there's a controversy on the chairman's role. And so what should the chairman's role be? And we did a history of the elected chairman at large to show where the position, how the position started and where it's gone. And now, you know, we have not uh, weighed in on the latest uh, move to strip the chairman of powers, but that's something we've been discussing, and we probably will have something to say about it in the near future. And on that note, um, you, you, I'm sure, I'm sure through the years you've had your fair share of uh, individuals, both in the public and private sector, who and uh, who may not like what you wrote, written, or what you've written uh, about them personally, or the organization uh, that you, you they belong to. We certainly have had our fair share of those conversations. When people think that you don't treat them fairly, or you you don't provide the proper context, or when they say you left something out uh, of of a particular story, you know, how do you answer those those you know you know when you, people say those things to you? I mean, how do you go about trying to resolve that and and, and having that conversation uh, with someone who feels that they've been wronged by the Rockford Register Star? Well, you know, you're right. It's a conversation. I ask, uh, okay, what did we miss? And, you know, if if the person has a legitimate complaint, uh, I'll say, okay, we'll try to do better next time. But that's that's all we can really do. Um you know, we we just we need to know what we did wrong as well as what we did right, so that we can correct correct that in the future. Um, you know, I've you know you know a lot of people are sometimes upset with the opinions we have, um, but most of the time people understand how we achieved the the opinion mm -hmm. we reached. And our understanding when, you know, we talk it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't agree on everything, sure. and, but, I mean, nobody does. I mean, sure. you, you don't even agree on everything in your own household. You know, how are you going to agree on everything in your entire community? So, you know, we, it has to, we just have to be aware of um, our, our strengths and our weaknesses and move accordingly. Well, so you do you have you ever does a paper ever write a retraction? You you talk you said you fix it moving forward. Well, we've, we've, but have you done that, or is that just not part of journalism? We standards? haven't done a retraction. I don't think I can remember anything that was worthy of a retraction. Okay. We've clarified information or written corrections, but I don't think I can't recall anything that we've actually retracted. 
You all have been, um, you know, we have, we've had this movement, this Transform Rockford, um, and from you know, just my reading of the paper and some of the opinions and um, the reporting, you all have been supporters, it appears, of, you know, make, helping us achieve becoming a top 25 community in 2025. Um, how, do you, how do you think that's gone? And why do you think, um, you know, that that's an important goal for the city of Rockford to become a top 25 community? Well, you always have to strive to be your best. And, you know, transform Rockford's values align with what the Register Star's values are. That's one of the reasons that uh, Mike Schleblaski, the uh, uh, original executive director of Transform Rockford, is a community member of our editorial board because, you know, we value his input and we value what Transform Rockford is doing. And so, you know, Transform Rockford, you know, it's, you know, it's people that want to make sure that Rockford reaches its full potential. Will that happen by 2025? Well, it's only six years away. But, you know, well, we've made a lot of progress, and we're, we're aware of our faults, and, you know, we're becoming more and more aware of the things that, of our strengths. And there's more of a sense of community pride than I can remember in my 40 years here. You know, you, all over town you see people with the 815 T-shirts. You know, that's a sign of community pride. You're, you're proud to wear that T-shirt showing that you live in Rockford, Illinois, and that, uh, you know, you love your community. And, you know, kudos to the people at the Art Deli for, you know, you know supporting the community one T-shirt at a time. They're doing a great job with that. But, you know, and it goes beyond just wearing a T-shirt. You know, you, sure. you're feeling good about the direction of the community, whether it's, you know, downtown. I talk a lot about, write a lot about downtown because it is so much better than it was when I first moved here. When I interviewed for a job at the Register Star, I remember driving down State Street and seeing the flashing neon sign for an adult bookstore. There were three or four <clears throat> dancing clubs, and then uh, at the end of the street was the symbol, which was kind of looked like some kind of barrier to keep me from going to the west side. Well, that's all gone. You know, downtown is cleaned up. There's great places to go eat and hang out. Uh, you know, it's just and now with the Rockford City Market coming online, it's going to be even better. So you know, downtown in particular is is getting better, and you know. There's been so much development on the east side, especially toward the tollway. You know, you can't forget that downtown is your heart of your city. It's what makes your city unique. And, you know, we're right in the middle of it, so I see the progress every day. And it's just been, a, it's been wonderful to see that. I agree with you, Wiley. I, I, I agree. Let me ask you about one of the things that I, you know, have this debate often um, but one of the things that I would contend with um, where we are and where we need to go from here is I I don't think, and it's just my opinion, that we've gone deep enough in the garden. And what, and what I mean by that, um, I still think uh, there's no necessarily a monolithic group when we talk about race. And you all have done a great job of kind of, you know, advocating for civil rights and, and, and equality and fairness. Um, I, I'm just curious your thoughts um, on how do we do you think we can be more inclusive? Um, you know, downtown, you're right. It's great. 
But um, depending on where you are in this community, where you live and where you travel, um, I think we can do have more participation from um, many more of our, of our minority and ethnic groups. Um, and I just don't I think we struggle with that. Um, I, I'm just curious your thoughts on that. How do we how do we do a better job of engaging more people in our community to be a part of helping us be the success that we want to be? I think we have to invite them. You know, certain segments of our community have been shut out for so long that they're not going to volunteer to get involved in something because they're afraid that their their efforts are not going to be welcomed. So, you know, we have to invite everyone to the table, and we haven't done a good job of that in the past. We're doing a better job of that today. We've got a lot of good efforts going on. Uh, the 815 Eliminate Racism group is just getting started. Um, Ann Rundle is part of that. Uh, Ken Board is a part of that. And, and I think the work that they're going to do in that area is going to be very significant moving forward. So you know, there's, you know, there are some efforts going on, and we have to just be aware. You know, we have to be able to, you know, um, you know, talk to our neighbors. Uh, to, to, I mean, talk to people who are who don't look like us, and that's sometimes an uncomfortable. Uh, you know, conversation, but you have to find things that bring us together rather than things that drive us apart and common interests, uh, whatever they may be. It may be, you know, we, we love uh, reading the same books. We love watching the same television programs. Uh, sports is a great vehicle for bringing all kinds of different people together. You know, we just, uh, we need to do a better job of not just sitting next to somebody who doesn't look like us, but also engaging that person in a conversation. Thank you for that, guys. We, we, I mean, we, you know, that's Rockford. I think it's one of our strengths. I mean, we are very diverse community. If you visit some of the, you know, local museums, there's some. They do a great job of showing the history of, of how uh, a lot of our immigrants, you know, came to the city. So I just. Um, I think that's a, a, an important point. So thank you for that. You one of the thing, one, another thing that you uh, you all you all talk a lot about. You write a lot about um, is certainly politics, um, and and, um, and and as of late, uh, one of the things I know you all talk about is just getting more people engaged and involved in the political process. Um, you know, and, and so I'm just curious. What do you think about? Um, do you think there's a sense of apathy? Why do you think people don't get uh, either either uh, in, in terms of running for office or going out and voting? Why, what's, why is that important in, in, in your view? You know, Earl, if I had the answer to why more people aren't engaged, uh, you know, I'd be doing something different than I'm doing today. But, uh, you know, there could be a, there's a variety of different things. Um, you know, people are increasingly busy. You know, there's so much taking up our time today that it becomes difficult for people to get uh, involved in certain activities. But, you know, I don't know why voting and running for office is so neglected. You know, you've got a great volunteer network in the schools. How many volunteers do you have now? Yeah, we're about ten thousand, close to 10,000. 10,000 people volunteer in the schools. That's more people than voted in the last election. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but sure. I, you know, I may be exaggerating. But but you know, just think if if people who volunteer were as you know hyped up to vote as they are to help out in the schools, you know, and help pick the people, men and women who direct the policies in our community, we might be a little bit better off. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's because uh, I don't think it's because there's something about how local politics really affects uh, sure, those right. decisions are very yeah. critical in the lives of the, you know, just regular citizens. Yeah, you know, uh, Rock Valley College had a great turnout for candidates for the election, but not such a great turnout for the voters. Uh, school board elections were, you know, unopposed. Um, that could be, you know, that could be because everybody's thinking things are going so great that sure. they don't need to run, or sure. it just uh, there's no issue to really galvanize them to to step up. Usually, when you know a local government does something that really ticks people off, that's when they want to get engaged. If things are going fairly smoothly, then people just kind of sit on the sidelines. So you know, of course, we don't want everybody constantly upset, but, uh, you know, we'd like to see more people engaged, trying to, you know, move a good thing forward. um, And so speaking of that, just just building off that that lack of engagement question, um, during some of my visits to the the editorial board um, regarding education, I've heard um, some of you talk about, and, and some of the other folks talk about, our students needing to to learn more in the, in our in our educational system, if you will, in our schools about civics and the importance of voting and um, why it's important. Um, you and then you guys are very consistent about making you know pushing that that viewpoint. Um, why do you think that's important? Or do you think that's not happening enough? Do you think uh, kids are as interested as they once were? Um, just your thoughts on just civic engagement and why that's important for our young people. Can I turn that around for a second? Sure. What kind of civics are being taught in the schools? So you certainly you always you have government. You have right. a, you have your government classes. You have. Um, um, you have uh, your social studies courses, okay. um, so there's certainly um, those things are being taught um, in right. in our schools. So when a student graduates from 205, does that student know the structure of the local government? Do they know the difference <clears throat> between an alderman and a county board member? That uh, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't. I have not surveyed uh, uh, every student that they after they walk across the stage. If they, I don't. I'm, I don't ask them those questions, so I would not know the answer to that. See, I think it's important that people know who's responsible for what in their government. You know, your county board member can help you in one area. Your alderman can help you in another area. Um, you know, we have a police chief and we have a sheriff. Those are two different two different people and they have two different responsibilities overall yes they do have the same responsibility of keeping us safe but the sheriff is responsible for the jail and for subpoenas and orders of protection and a lot of that and you know rockford police do a good job of you know catching the bad guys so you know there's there's a lot of different duties within law enforcement itself and it would help if the community understood the roles the different roles that everyone served. You know, the county board chairman is not equal to the Rockford mayor, uh, especially now that he's been stripped of power. But, um, you know, originally that was one of the goals of creating that position is so the county board chairman could see eye to eye with the mayor of Rockford. But, uh, you know, the mayor of Rockford tends to get blamed for anything bad that happens in the community, even if it, he has no role in that whatsoever. I don't know if the mayor talked about that at all with you last time he was here, but you know, people, um, I know in Freeport, for instance, um, 
the uh, one of the former mayors told me he was frustrated because he'd always get calls about uh, mosquito abatement. And Freeport has a separate mosquito abatement district. So he has no control over that. That's just, and that's a minor thing, but sure. still, that's just an example of people point. not understanding how their government works. Um, uh, you, you, one of, you've talked, uh, um, you write, also write about, and you spoke earlier about um, some of the things that are going well. You talked about the airport. Um, you know, we kind of have some manufacturing coming back, uh, the aerospace industry. Rockford has historically been known kind of as just kind of a blue collar, kind of blue collar town. Um, uh, but but at the same point, at the same time, we, we stress higher education. Um, should we think differently about education and in terms of industry? Uh, there are lots of people in our community who do very well, who don't necessarily have a college degree, uh, but are have very important jobs and roles and careers and professions in our community. Um, what should that look like? What's the balance there? Well, more and more, I, I think uh, the statistic is somewhere about 80% of the jobs uh of new jobs going to be created will require more than a high school uh, certificate. So, you know, people will need some more education. It may not be from a four-year institution. It could just be a two-year certificate from Rock Valley, uh, which is one of the reasons what Rock Valley is doing is so much so important today because they are training those workers for the 21st century. You know, they're, they're great in job training. The, the partnership they have with AAR out at the airport is uh, just wonderful. I think it's a model for other, other um, institutions to follow. You know, of course, in Rock Valley also has a nursing partnership, an engineering partnership with NIU. Those are all important to feed the jobs pipeline. So, and you know, we need to continue that. And there's always going to be a role for the, you know, to prepare kids for the four-year institutions, you know, to go into liberal arts or whatever anybody wants. Um, as, as a liberal arts guy myself, mm -hmm. I can I can say that. <laughs> but you know, there, there's always going to be a role for that. But not everybody is meant to go to college. Not everybody wants to have that college experience. And there are plenty of jobs that people can get with just a little bit of advanced uh, training after high school that pay well and can uh, support a family. Um, so, uh, so speaking of that, when we talk about education, um, you talked about the growth, from the growth in our community. You remember a time when you, you were here and uh, you've seen the growth. Um, and I think it's important that we um, identify what we use uh, the measurements we use as success when it comes to education um, and I think these are fair whether it's the graduation rate whether it's the freshman on track metric um, um, in terms of uh, to determine whether or not our students are learning or determining success um, uh, we haven't been doing as well in those areas uh, but there are others who would argue that they, that's not the sole factor or the main factor in deciding whether or not a student is um, successful or going to be successful. Do you think 
are those are fair measurements for our community? I mean, what is it? Is that is that you know is that what we should be just solely focused on um, our test scores when it comes to deciding whether or not um, the school district, for example, is is doing good? Just like I don't know if you would you know apply the same thing, for example, with crime in the city as to uh, the the whether or not it's going up or down, whether or not the mayor or the police chief is doing a good job. Um, how should we go about defining success, particularly around education? I think progress, an individual student's progress, not every student can learn at, at the same rate, um, but we have to push them and see what their potential is. Not everybody can run the 100-yard dash in less than 10 seconds, all right? but that doesn't mean we don't try to run it as fast as we can. The same with education. We, not everybody's going to be a rocket scientist, but if we push that person enough for that person to reach its potential, you know, who, who knows what he or she can achieve. So it's a matter of everybody making progress, and sometimes those are going to be baby steps, and sometimes they're going to be just great strides. But progress, I think, is important. You know, and you're, you have some measurements now that measure individual student progress, and I think those are important. The overall test scores, yes, they're abysmal, uh, and we can't, they're, they're unacceptable. But I think what we want to see going forward is improvement in those scores. And if we see improvement in those scores, that means there's been individual improvement within the students. And that's really what we should be striving for. That's awesome. What are, what are the big issues we face, Wiley? I mean, you, you, as you look at, as you kind of look back and look forward and, and from your, in your career, I mean, obviously the state of Illinois, um, you know, we, it appears to be, I mean, we're aware of some of our financial issues, some of our tax uh, burdens and structures. But in terms of, you know, our community, um, what, what should we be positive and feel good about moving forward and moving us you know, to a better place? Are we headed in the right direction? I think we are heading in the right direction. You know, I think uh, what you've done here in 205, you've done a wonderful job of making the community feel better about its schools. And now we just need to see those results in the classroom. Uh, so I think we're moving in the right direction. Uh, we need a little bit of a nudge. Um, Police Chief Dan O'Shea and Sheriff Gary Caruana have done a wonderful job making the community safer. You know, the statistics bear that out, so we're doing a better job there. Um, a lot of our problems are self-inflicted. Domestic violence, for example, continues to be you know, one of our, our most uh, violent crime, uh, percentage-wise, um, that's basically we're, we're hurting ourselves. So, you know, we need to make some improvements there. Uh, you know, Rock Valley, as I mentioned before, has been great with forming partnerships. The airport is just, you know, it's become such a great cargo hub. Uh, and it, still, there are lots of people who use it for leisure travel. Uh, the the flights uh, with uh, Allegiant, uh, you know, um, are, you know, I haven't been able to go on one, but I've got relatives who fly, who fly mm -hmm. seem to fly out all the time, <laughs> and they tell me what a great experience it is. So, you know, there's there are a lot of good things going on. You know, Rockford University, um, you know, the University of Illinois College of Medicine, um, you know, the hospital system, Mercy Health, Swedish American, OSF, they've all done such great jobs lately, not just of improving their facilities, but improving the quality of care. You know, I, there's just so many good things going on at this point. Um, yes, we've got some issues. We've got too many vacant commercial properties. 
Um, you know, and it's not just on the west side, it's on the east side as well. If you, you know, drive down East State Street and see where uh, Circuit City used to be, that's, that's all vacant. Uh, and you keep going, there's the vacant Kmart there off of uh, State and Mulford. You know, those tend to be eyesores. I wish we could fill them up or tear them down. Uh, we need to have a plan for that because you know when that's a main thoroughfare into the city, and you're not going to get a very good image of Rockford if all you see is some really huge vacant properties on your way to downtown to have your kids play at the sports factory. Um, I didn't want to end our conversation without um, just giving you the opportunity. You, you mentioned it. Uh, just you, you're not just. Uh, 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 you just don't show up and, and write these stories and, and write your opinions, but you also are engaged and involved. And so I appreciate that, particularly with our school system um, and your, through your credit union. Um, I just I just wanted to give you the opportunity to, to just say some some things about that and your involvement and in that because that's a big deal. I mean, that's one of the and before you you to go there that, you know, our academy model here, I've always when we went and visited some of the other models. Having a credit union in a high school it was the coolest thing that I saw. Having the students work in the credit union and just our kids learning about the importance of, of, of money and, and saving, et cetera. Um, so, you know, okay. talk about that. So, uh, as Earl said, I am vice chairman of Rockford Bell Credit Union. And, uh, you know, a few years ago, a group of uh, Educators went to Nashville to look at Alignment Nashville's models for their high schools, and there were lots of different uh, business ventures within the high schools, and a credit union being one of them. Uh, Karina Curry, uh, one of our reporters at the Register Star, was along on that trip, and she came back and wrote about that, and she wrote about the credit unions in the high schools. I went to my board, and I said, this is something we should do. You know, this is, you know, this is, you know, a great community th- uh, effort for us. You know, we can teach the kids financial literacy, we can give them an avenue to a career, and they can make some money without having to leave the school building. You know, pretty cool from the from uh, their standpoint. So, uh, you know, we've been working with uh, most recently Bridged French, and she's been great helping us get this thing done, and we hope to uh, cut some ribbons here uh, later this month. That's exciting. That is that. And it just uh, just how those things start. You know, you go visit, you see it. Hey, that's a great idea. Let's go back and do it. And when you can actually see something, um, you know, come to fruition like that, uh, that's that's amazing. So congratulations and thank you. Well, uh, yeah. For so you know, eventually we would like to align the um, c- curriculum in the school with what we're doing at the credit union, so that students, can, you know, can really seamlessly see a path to financial services and it could be any number of different uh, things that they do Uh, we're very excited about this and we hope this kind of is the impetus to get some other businesses in the schools get those academies really going full speed and really you know uh, you know, serving the students the best they can. Yes, financial literacy is, is very important. Last question, Wally, this is a fun one. Um, this the last three questions I ask everyone. So the first one is, um, if we were to, if I was to jump, we were going on a trip and I jump in your car and you turn on the radio, what are you listening to? Is there, do you have a particular genre <laughs> of music? Is there a particular artist that you like? Uh, what do you, what do you listen to? Or you're at home, you're relaxing. Okay, what's so, Wally bump? What's Wally bumping? So uh, 
I'm of, you know, Dizzy uh, Gillespie said it, there's only two kinds of music, good music and bad music. <laughs> so, you you know, you could, I could be listening to Jimmy Buffett one day. Okay. I could be listening to uh, Outlaw Country. I could be listening to 70s. I could be listening to Frank Zappa. Uh, you, know, you, you can't really pin me down on, on what I'll be listening to. Very nice. Very eclectic taste. Uh, speaking of taste, um, it's Father's Day, your birthday. The family wants to take you out or stay at home and cook your favorite meal or take you to your favorite restaurant. Uh, which where, where, where are we going or when, what are we eating? Uh you know, there's so either many, one, either the food know, or the place. There's so many good places in Rockford. Uh, you know, Stone Eagle is one of our favorites. Uh, you know, Capri is one of our favorites. Um, Lino's is, I mean, I can go on and on. I just, uh, there's lots of good places. Uh, if we'd be staying home, I'd be doing something on the grill. Um, not sure what it would be, but uh, it would be something. But, uh, um, yeah, it, I, um, my birthday's coming up. I don't know where we're going to go yet, but uh, um, it'll be fun wherever we go. Nice. And last one, um, if you're relaxing the weekends or whenever you have some downtime, what, what do, you, do you have a, a classic movie uh, that you like or is there a TV show? You know, what's, what, what does Wally Haas watch uh, on the two, on the big screen? Um, I don't watch a lot of television. I, you'd probably find me reading a book. Uh, if I were to watch something, it'd probably be um, science fiction. Science fiction. Uh, actually, I'd be reading science fiction or watching science or fiction. Or watching science fiction. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Wally Haas, thank hey, you, thank thank you, you so much for spending some time with us today, man. Really, 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 really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on the 205 Vibe Podcast. If you'd like to comment on the show, please call us at 815-490-4117. Leave us a voice message and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.